Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Hallelujah. Well, we're in the middle of a series called Faith, and uh, 2019 is what I got it saved as, but if you don't have sermon notes and you want them, will you raise your hand? Anybody, everybody, I got one up at the front and two in the back. And Hallelujah. Why we talk about faith so much? Well, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we need to please God, amen? If you want to please anybody, you need to please God. You know, it's a good thing to please your boss, but you really want to please God. And if you're pleasing God, guess what? You're going to please your boss. Oh, and you really, if you please God, you'll please your wife, you'll please your kids, and you'll please everybody. But Romans 12, 3, you say, well, I don't even know if I have faith. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me that everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly, as God dealt to each one the measure of faith. You have faith. You say, say, I have faith. And now, you know, a lot of people say, well, what faith are you of? And they want to know if you're Baptist or Methodist or Assemblies of God or Church of God. or That's not what it's talking about. You were, you were, faith was imparted unto you when you got saved. Salvation was given by the Holy Spirit, or I mean, faith was given by the Holy Spirit for you to receive salvation. And you got saved. The Holy Spirit quickened the word in your heart. It became alive in your heart, and you said, Hey, I need to get saved. And you either called the preacher, you called, told your mama, or you walked down an aisle and you opened up your heart and you received Jesus because the Holy Spirit opened up your heart, and he imparted faith to you. You received faith when you got saved. Uh, faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith is the gifts of the Spirit. Okay. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. You know what I'm talking about? Faith's in there. Faith, faithfulness, and faith is also in the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirits, and, and it says faith. Faith. So you, faith is we have to deal with it all the time. The shoes are sticky. And so we have to deal with faith and, and learn to, to grow our faith and live by faith. Amen. And we talked about it last Sunday in James 2, 17 through 19. Let's look and see what it says. In the same way, faith by itself, it, if it is not accompanied by action, it is dead. So faith has to have corresponding action. If you believe your boss is going to pay you on Friday, you show up on Monday. You didn't get paid on Monday. You got paid on Friday. But by faith, you show up and work all week and receive a check. That's natural faith. So faith has got to be accompanied by action. Same way with God. Because I'm going to show you something. Let's go verse 18. I left this out last Sunday. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I show you my faith by my deeds. Leave it there for me. See, your actions, everything you do for the kingdom of God is not to earn your way into heaven. You can't do that. Jesus paid the price for us to go into heaven. Now we're operating out of sonship or daughtership. We do everything for the Father because we love him. Man, we, we love him, and, and, you know, and I use the example. I go to my mama's house. I know my mama loves me, and she knows I love her, but I fix the leaky sink. I mow the, you know, nail up the gutter or whatever. 
check this, check that, what's going on, and try to help her out. I'll even vacuum the floor. I'll move the furniture. Not because I'm trying to earn my way into the family. I was born into the family. But I was born again into the family of God. Let me give you a commercial break for next Sunday. Leslie don't have this, but I'm just going to read it. 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. The Word of God. The Word of God, which lives and abides forever, is the incorruptible seed. Think about this. If you plant a garden and you plant corn, are you going to get tomatoes? No. Because in that corn is the DNA to produce a million seeds of corn. You thought about that? How about an acorn? Or as my four-year-old grandson calls it, a corn egg. He has the, the, the concept down that that acorn can grow into a tree just like an egg can grow into a chicken. My son said, if I bury this egg, will a chicken grow? When he was four. Trying to get the concept of a seed. But God has, God's Word is a seed, and inside that Word, the Word is Jesus, and Jesus was the Word. The Word was with God. That's the DNA that's in you. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. Now, you can walk in your mama's DNA. I was thinking about my kids. My kids, one of my kids has, has my wife's grandmother's side DNA. One of them has her grandfather's side DNA, and one of them has my side DNA. I ain't going to tell you which. Ain't none of your business. No. It don't matter. But their DNA came from both of us. But my point is, when I got born again, I've got God's DNA. I need to start relying on the kingdom of God. Yeah, I talk and walk like my daddy and, and look like my daddy or my mama and have her expressions because I was raised by them. But I needed to develop the DNA of God. And the word of God develops the DNA of God in me. So let's go to point number one. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me finish this because look. Go back to, to, uh, to our scripture. Look, someone say, but by faith I show you. Look at verse 19, because I left this off. I almost left it off again. You believe that there is one God? Great. But even the demons believe that and shudder. I believe God. I believe God. You got to have some action if you believe God. You gotta, there's proof, as they say, in the pudding. The proof is there's a God in heaven. And you know what? He'll start showing up in your life when you truly believe him and you truly follow him. If you truly love Jesus, then you'll love this. Okay. Oh, that's not in the notes. You might want to write that down. So let's go to number one. Understand that faith is alive. We're going to have some fun today. Faith is alive. Faith is alive. Are you alive? Grunt or say amen or do something. Nod or there you go. Or somebody's alive. Understand that faith is alive. It needs to be working and alive in you. You can't live on yesterday's faith. Come on, I don't like stale bread. Matter of fact, after I pull about six pieces out, my wife goes, that's old. I want some new bread. And I, you know, I break out some new bread, but I eat the rest of it. Because <laughs> it ain't old for me. But you always, you want fresh from God. God wants to give you fresh. Did you know the Bible says that heaven's new every day? Huh? And so it's fresh and new. It's exciting every day. And we need to be excited about the things of God. Look, the Word of God in Hebrews 4.12. 
says, this is in the Living Bible, it says, for whatever God says to us is full of living power. Now, the King James says the Word of God is quick and powerful. Quick we don't use. Quick means alive. That's an old English word. But look what it says. To whatever God says to us is full of living power. It is sharper than a two-edged dagger, our sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into the innermost thoughts and desires of, uh, with all their parts. Your thoughts and desires is what the Word of God wants to go after. I'm trying to help you as you listen to me. What are your thoughts and exposing us for what we really are? The Word of God, I, I've taught faith so many times, but in this, the, last Sunday and this Sunday, the Word of God is saying, or the Spirit of God is telling me to use the Word of God to, to work on you. We, we want a raise, and we use our faith for a raise. We use our faith for, for healing, and yes, we can do that, and we're supposed to do that. But how about use our faith for us, to build us up, to strengthen us? Because what was the word that she gave? Deception's coming. Will you be deceived? If you're full of the word, you won't be deceived. So, so the word of God is alive. And the next point I have in your notes, the word is life. And, and Proverbs 4, 20, and put a dash by the 20, it's 4, 20 through 22. And, and it said, my son, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. This is God said, get into it. Hear me, hear me. How many of you know the people in here hearing my voice, but they're not listening? Oh, I scored 100. Okay. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep in the, in the midst of your heart. Your, the heart is not this. The heart is, is your spirit. The heart of a tree. The heart of a watermelon. Now he knows what I'm talking about. The watermelon's the best part. There's the heart, right? And no seeds in there, and it's juicy, and it's sweet. It's the heart. The best part of you is your spirit, is your heart. That's the best part of you. And you need to be developing and feeding the best part of you. That's the best part of you. And you got to keep the Word of God in, the, in, in your heart, in the, in the midst of your heart. Look at verse 22. For they are life, the Word of God is life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Oh, you want to get the feeling better? Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Study healing. Well, there's all kinds of scriptures on healing. How about peace? How about you struggling with peace? The Word of God talks about peace. Everything we need. What about you going through a hard time? The Lord will give it will help you endure. Because he didn't say hard times wouldn't come. He said, but you can endure because I got you back. I'm with you. So, so the word is life. Uh, look, faith always comes by hearing. Can't say that enough. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And people say, well, I read the word. I just can't remember it. Then you've got to stay in it longer. Do you know I can't remember what I ate for, for breakfast last week, my own last Tuesday, but it was good, and it sustained me because I'm still alive. The Word of God, I, I can't, I, it, has, it sustains me day by day by day. You can remember the Word. You can put the Word in your heart, and it will sustain you. And as a matter of fact, when, when somebody's talking to you, the Word will rise up in you. The more you put it in your heart, it's like my, my daughter in college, 
taking tough courses, and she called and said, okay, Dad, we got to pray. I got a big test today. You need to pray for me. I said, did you study? She goes, yes, I did. I said, well, you're going to have, you've got faith that the Holy Spirit will stir up what you studied and bring it to your remembrance, and you'll make an A on that test. Just trying to, if you prepare, the Holy, the Holy Spirit's got a lot more to work with. If you prepare and look at it to change you, if you change you, people will come up and say, hey, what do you got? And you say, I got this, and I got this, and I got this, and I got this, and I got Psalm, and I got Psalms 91, and I got Hebrews 11, 6, and I got... I, that's what, what do you have? And you change you and the whole world will want you. They want to follow you. We're missing that. You know, we can go, go witness, but if the best witness is somebody's watching you, your grandkids, your kids. So faith comes by hearing. And, and let me say this. Romans 10 is how you get saved. It's how you receive everything. That if you believe in your heart, and say it with your mouth, you can have salvation. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, if you believe that, that he rose again the third day and, and, he, and he went up and rose up went up into heaven, you believe all that, and you pray it with your mouth, then you receive Jesus. You receive him as Lord. He comes into your life. And now he wants to start developing your spirit, man, strengthening you. There's a, a kid about eight, nine years old, and he's breaking all kinds of running records. And his daddy works with him, but he's, he's running, 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 and he's developing and developing. And they say that if he keeps going, he'll be the fastest runner in the world, the world's ever seen. We're supposed to be developing our spirit with the Word of God. Come on, just pick one scripture that means something that the Holy Spirit would drop out, drop into you. Or somebody will say something. I mean, yeah, I'm not against using your phone, but I'm against you. I, I, you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit, but you need to be looking at Scriptures. If you got a phone, look at Scriptures and get off everything else. Amen. And let the Word come in. Yeah, I was driving down the road. This was in the 80s. And the AIDS epidemic, I've told this before, the AIDS epidemic was blowing up. And they said you could drink after somebody at a fountain and get it. Somebody spit on you, you'll get it. Somebody, a, a this or that will happen. And they didn't know how people got it. And fear was gripping people. And I was sitting on the passenger side. I can tell you right where I was at on the road. And, and, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And I had just memorized Psalms 91. And I did it like he who dwells. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I say of the Lord, he's my God, my fortress, in him do I trust. He has delivered me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence, and under his wings do I trust. I'm not afraid of the air by night, the terror by day, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. And this scripture came to my mind. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Amen. Hey, and I said, glory, I'm going I'm to be all right. The Holy Spirit said, you're going to be all right. You don't have anything to worry about. I didn't have to go all the way through that. He just jumped to the part and said, a thousand saw fall at your side and ten thousand. It will not come near you. Amen. But not knowing brings fear. Amen. But the Word of God brings trust. Woo! He, you can trust Him. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He's there with you. And you know what? There's people in here that... that, that, that 
God's Spirit spoke to them, and they didn't even know the Scripture to back it up. I've been there, and I've, I read, I, I knew that. I'm like, wow, I knew that already. How did I know that? You got the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. He's your comforter. He's your guide. He's with you always. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, living faith versus a dead mountain. We got to have living faith. For sure I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, <laughs> mountain, mountain could be many things. This, you know, uh, I love the metaphors in the Word of God. Mountain could be, you know, sickness, disease. But guess what? The, the Word also says that the trees will clap their hands and the mountains will melt before the presence of the Lord. And uh, whatever your issue, problem, you're, listen to me. Be, you can speak to a problem and be removed, be cast in the sea. The key is is you've got to have a relationship with God enough to know that God has given you power in your words and if your words agree with His Word, that you can say to that mountain, be removed and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that He says will be done. It will be done. Glory. Glory, but, but, but just saying it's not enough because I can say I'm a chicken. I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken. And I can even sleep in the hen house, but that don't make me a chicken. Huh? What's old, old uh, Jerry, Jerry, let me think about it. Jerry Clower said about when the youngest boy, he, he wanted to be a pupwood truck. He's idling. And he's driving, he's just walking around. And he comes to a mud hole and he put it in double O. And spun out through the mud hole. And he sat in the back of the class because he thought, he thought, I want to be a pupwood truck. Didn't make him one, though. And he sat back there idling. And the teacher said, will you shut up? And he went, bop, bop, blew the horn at her. <laughs> oh, help us, Lord. So living faith defeats a dead mountain, dead works. And, G- and Satan, Satan's works are supposed to be dead in our lives, aren't they? And we have to enforce it. So the, the next point that I have is our mind can have strongholds. Will you put my picture up there, Miss Leslie? Look at that stronghold right there. Man, those smooth, slick walls. Now, strongholds can be good or they can be bad, Okay? And, you know, you really can't tell by looking at who lives in there and if they're good or bad. But, you know, if you was trying to attack that stronghold, you, this side's rough. you got to go up the cliff. time you get up the cliff, you're probably too exhausted to shoot a bow. Uh, and you can't scale that slick wall, those rocks and stones. And so uh, you ought to have some good strongholds. And you need to tear down the bad ones. Amen? Matter of fact, the good ones can take over the bad ones. Okay? And so we're going we're gonna to look at this just for a second. But, but um, 1 John 5.14, and you're going to put my picture back up there once we read 1 John 5.14. All right, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and quote it. It says, sanctify them through your truth. My word is truth. Jesus is sending out his disciples. The word of God is the truth. Amen. So, so, so look, at the, look at the picture. 
And listen to this. Always find truth, the word for what you believe. You might want to write that down. Always find truth for what you believe. You need to find truth for what you believe. It's been true, proven that our brain has strongholds like that, good or bad. And so if there's truth living in those strongholds, they need to be protected because the, the enemy comes to steal the word. Are you with me? But guess what? I've seen some pretty slick, good-looking strongholds that were religious. Dressed up good, sounded good, and but it wasn't good. Matter of fact, the Word of God needs to be profitable. If the Word of God is bringing confusion to you, that's not God. If you don't understand, the, the, the Bible says that an eighth, eighth grader or less can understand the Word. It's people make it hard. And so strongholds can be good or bad, and we need to protect us. So let me read some of the, some stuff I got in 2 Corinthians 10, 3. It says, For we walk in the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You ever met somebody that hadn't brought their thoughts into captivity? Their thoughts are all over the place. And listen, listen, casting down arguments. Arguments can be a stronghold. Uh, uh, man, we need to tear down the strongholds. If, if you struggle with believing God in a certain area, maybe there's a stronghold there. And you got to get in the Word and start taking them bricks down, taking the bricks down one by one. Here's, here's what a mental stronghold looks like. Are you ready? If you believe you're inadequate, then every day your mind will look for proof that you are. That's a stronghold. I'm not through. If you think nobody likes you, your mind will look for proof every day to back that up. It won't even notice that 100 people who do like you. It will never notice those people. Because I'm not, I don't, nobody likes me. Can you see? Your mind is not looking for people who do like you. It's nitpicking every detail that people don't. Have you ever wondered why people think their failures are their unlovable? You ever met somebody like that? They won't look you in the eye. But everybody says they're so sweet and lovable. We can't figure out why, why they'd be that way. Because... That's what they've trained their brain to believe. They've trained their mind to believe or to believe a lie that's from the enemy, and it becomes a stronghold. And they're the sweetest and nicest people, but they can't see themselves that way. How about somebody being bulimic or anorexic? They see themselves as overweight, and they're, they're dying. They're starving to death. How, how, you know, how about somebody on drugs? They think they can't make it without them. It becomes a stronghold or alcohol. Huh? There's all kinds of strongholds. One doctor said that your brain can't tell the difference between an actual event or a rehearsal of an event. So, so if you offend me and I don't let it go and I rehearse it 30 times, my brain doesn't know the difference between the actual event and the 30 rehearsals. So next time you see me, I'm, I'm mad at you or upset and you think, well, I, he's overreacting. I only did it one time. No, 31 times in my mind. That's why you have to guard your thoughts and guard your heart 
and guard these things. If you don't address it, it becomes a stronghold. And so, you know, that's why people, you, you know, <laughs> your wife or your husband, they say this because they've rehearsed the hurt that you, husbands and wives do. Well, you always do that. And they don't always do it, but it's been rehearsed in their mind and thought in their mind. You always, you always leave your socks on the floor. You always leave the dishes in the sink. Just saying that. I'm just, uh, it ain't, hey, I'll, I'll pick up, I'll wash my own clothes. What's that one, what, what the old Jewish man, he said, I'll run my household, thank you. I run the washing machine, the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's all right. Okay, I'm almost through, and then we're going to do tag team wrestling here. Why do so many people try to better themselves, and they want to succeed? But they never seem to succeed. Do you want to know a secret? Just nod or say, well, not really. They try harder and even pray, but they never change what they believe. They're opposing the Word of God and themselves because they never change what they believe. A part of them believes they're failures. And the Word says that God will make you a success. He'll make you an overcomer. He'll make you victorious. So they did a study on people. And they studied not millionaires, but people who became millionaires lost it all and became millionaires again. And they said, that's somebody we need to talk to because I dare say there's not a millionaire in here today. But how did they become a millionaire, lose it all, and then become a millionaire again? So here's what they found out. These people didn't believe because they had money they were wealthy. We look at our pocketbook and say, well, we're not wealthy. They believed they were wealthy already, and they believed, really believed who they were created wealth. Most of us think if we get wealth or blessed, it's a fluke. I don't know how it happened. God just blessed me. It must have been luck. No such thing as luck. But here's the key. Yes, God does bless, but we actually are supposed to believe the truth by faith that God enables us to get wealth, that he blesses what we put our hands to. It's a change of thinking. I'm going somewhere to be blessed. I left somewhere and was blessed. I blessed those that I just left, and I'm going somewhere to be a blessing. It's a change of a heart and attitude. So with that in aspect, and it's not just about money, what about the presence of God in your life? Do you believe that His presence in your life? How about in a greater measure? How about hearing His voice? I hear the voice of God, the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Do you expect to hear God's voice every day? You should. What, what about Him wanting to, you to have health? You ever thought about that? Well, you know, I'm, 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 everybody's got it. I'm going to get that stomach bug. Don't get your catcher's mitt out for that. Get your catcher's men out for the promise of God. Okay? See, when you sit in a service like this, you need to be going, that's mine, that's mine, that's for me, that's for me. I receive that, I receive that, I'll take that. doesn't matter who's preaching. You receive or what testimony is given. We're only able to receive what we think we're worth. 
Jesus paid the price for you. You were worth it. Get it. You were worth it. You're worth everything God has promised. He's promised you there are no black sheep in God's family. Hallelujah. You're worth it. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. You are worth it. If you want more, start believing who you are in Christ and tear down the strongholds. On the back table back there at the Welcome Center, there's our position in Christ. I got 92 of them on this sheet, double sheet. Get one. Find out who you are. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you that every stronghold in our minds, we bind it and we come against it and we begin to tear it down from this day forward, that we are worth it, that we are well able to take the land, that we are well able to overcome our our problems. Uh, We are well well able, Lord God, to walk in health, to, to be prosperous, to be blessed. Lord God, we thank you for the victory that's in Christ Jesus, and we thank you that we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Tag, you're it, Tim. Come on. Y'all get ready now. The running's about to start, isn't it? (laughs) How many of y'all ever saw the movie Great Balls of Fire? Raise your hand. Jerry Lee Lewis. There's a little clip in there where he says, nobody follows the killer. That's how I feel. They got me sandwiched between these two mighty men of God this morning. But praise God. You know, I'm just soaking up the anointing off the two of them. So y'all get ready, all right? I woke up this morning, and and, uh, Rita will testify to this. I reached over and grabbed her and said, You want to know what God just said? And, you know, it was the sun hadn't even come up yet. She rolls her eyes over like, Go back to sleep. Get your pen out if you don't already. Scripture says, and the Lord spoke this into my spirit, He said, all things are possible to them that believe. I'm I'm getting ready to blow your hair back, okay? All things are possible. He didn't say they were. He said they were possible. I'm laying there, my eyes got big as a golf ball. He said, all things are possible. To them that know. Get your mind wrapped around that one. All things are to them that know. They're looking at me like a calf in a new gate, Pastor. When you get to this point to where you know, possible's already taken place. (laughs) <laughs> when I've been in a spirit of laughter all week. My wife will tell you, I've been in the shower. She's looking at me through the mirror. What in the world is wrong with him? I come out of the shower, bent over laughing. Me and the Holy Ghost just having a, a real good time this week because we've been through some stuff, right? Where's my lady? We've been through some stuff. But he took me from the cares of life to laughter that was medicine to my soul, to my spirit. And this morning, I'm here to tell you, I'm locked and loaded. The devil better find a place to hide. That's all I got to say. Hallelujah. You'll go from doubting to believing. From believing to knowing. 
from knowing to there it is. Did you write that down? You'll go from doubting to believing, from believing to knowing, from knowing to there it is. I loved it. I was in the shower, and I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Uh, I'm going to break these last doors if I don't get out of here. All that was a preamble to what I'm about to touch on, what I'm about to teach on this morning. My point is developing an unshakable confidence in God. Develop an unshakable confidence in God. I gave you that preamble this morning because that's exactly how you get to the point that your confidence in God is unshakable. One word, T-I-M-E. Did you hear me? How do you get to a point where your confidence in God is absolutely, unequivocally, undoubtedly unshakable? T-I-M-E. You spend time with him. Relationship. I'm sitting there beside my wife, pastor's preaching. I said, I don't need you to get up there. He done took it and run with it. I just dropped the mic. I started to get up here and say, ditto. <laughs> what, what he said. First John chapter 5, verse 14. This is New, New King James. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Can you pop up 15? Would that be a... Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Ah, oh, they did the Amplified, Pastor. Now, I was going to read that to you right out of because I brought it with me, but this, this, this uh, lit my fire. And if, I don't like that word. I like the next one. Since. And since we positively... Now, that's a faith word. That's a faith word. That's a confidence word. That's a I know word. We positively, look at that next word, know that he listens to us in whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the request we made of him. I was expecting somebody to go, Whoa. Look how many times the word no is in that passage. We know. We know. We know my grandson, if y'all don't follow me on Facebook, you should. He got his report card again the other day. All A's again. All A's. 
This happens all the time. Well, when he gets that little report card, Pastor, all he sees is, I got a grandpa package coming. I got a grandpa package coming. He knows without a shadow of a doubt because of what was on that report card, a reward is coming. I put on Facebook this week, Lord God, I'm going to take out a second mortgage. I, I send money based on the number of A's, A's he gets. And you'd have to see the little clips, the videos that my daughter sends me of him. Over. He's, I can't, each subject, I tape a, a piece of money to the, and I put A and then the piece of money. And he'll do A, A. Like, like like dealing cards. I can hear my daughter in the background saying, I never got that kind of money. <laughs> but he has confidence in his grandpa. Now, he is almost 10 years old now. We'll be in June. But he still remembers when he was three. He says, I, I talked to him about when they first moved to Florida. And he says, I'll mention stuff. He says, I don't remember that, Grandpa. I don't remember that. Tell you what I do remember. The first time you come see me. He was three. He said, Mama said you called and said you was coming. He said, so every little bit, I got up on the bed and looked out the window. Down the road. He had expectation that his Grandpa's word was good. Did you hear me? He had confidence in the fact that Grandpa said so that minute so. So with expectation, he looked out that window and said, it's just any minute now. Just any minute now, he's going to pull up. Now this is the relationship he and I have, and it and coincides with the Word of God. When he's at our house, I have to be really, really careful about what I tell him. Okay? I do. Because if I say, Patrick, me and you, buddy, we going out after a while and we're going to paint that fence. Or we're going to cut down that bush. Or we're going to mow the yard. Or we're going to wash the dog. Whatever it is. Something he likes doing. Okay? I was building a little dog house. Pastor got a glimpse of it the other day. Looks kind of... Anyway... He, he says, we're going to put that roof on that, on that doghouse, Grandpa. And I say, yes, sir, we are. Later on in the day, he comes to me and says, Grandpa, you remember you said we was going to. And now, whether I want to or not, I already said so. Are you listening? The Word of God says that God said, put me in remembrance of my word. DJ has no problem. That's my grandson. He has no problem with saying, Grandpa, you remember you said. Let's do it. Come on. So I strap on my boots and I put on my coat or whatever and, and, and we get her done. He has confidence in when I say something, I mean it. 
How much more should we have confidence in the God of all creation if you find it in His Word that it is done? If He said it, that's all she wrote. All right. You want to hear what confidence sounds like? Pastor hit on some of this. If you want to know what confidence in God sounds like, pull up Psalm 23. Now listen, and I like the way this starts off right here. Here is confidence in God. The Lord, all right, if somebody comes to you and say, Peter, you are, you are blessed, man. I don't understand that. It just seems like money and prosperity just falls in your lap, man. Don't, you, you never want anything. Miss Becky, you are never sick. What is that? What's that about? The Lord. Answer it just like that. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my financier. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my provider. You answer it just like that. To feed, to guide, and to shield me. You want to know why I'm protected? You know why nothing bad ever comes nigh my He got all over this. You, don't want to know, you want to know why no sickness comes nigh my dwelling? I shall not lack. He didn't say might. Ah, yes, sir. He shall not. I'll never be broke another day in my life because the Lord is my provider. Yes, amen. Next verse. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, restful waters, still and restful waters. What's that sound like? Peace. Peace. See? You, the Lord is my peace. Kenny Akers sitting right there. You couldn't rattle him with a two before. That, that, yeah, that man's got peace. Where'd you get that peace, Kenny? The Lord is his peace. And he lives with Angie, so, you know, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Psalm 91, Pastor. I could just say ditto right here. Psalm 91. No plague. Why? No sickness. Why? Because he said so. He said so. I've went from believing to knowing. I taught this at work. And I was sharing this with the pastor in my group sitting out there in front of me. And when you start teaching something like this, from going from believing to knowing, you know, people's eyes get that big. But then you get one that gets a hold of that seed. And then he comes back to you a half hour later. Dear God, Tim, I was driving down to, guess what happened? 
the Lord said, say this. And then he, he did that. And then things started to happen. Then he'd come back every, every other day and tell me, this is what's happening, this is what's happening, because I began to operate. He became a doer of the word and not a hearer only. He put into action, he put into action, he put his feet to moving, and God began to respond. Confidence, unshakable confidence. My grandson has unshakable confidence in me. I have unshakable confidence in God's Word. I got born again in 1981. It took from, it, from uh, almost immediately, actually, the Lord began to court me, and I began to court Him. And the days, the weeks, the months, the years went by, and we began to know each other. And as I got to know him and his promises, I found out what belonged to me and what his character was. And when sin, sickness, disease, lack, poverty, unsettledness come my way, I, it went straight against the Word of God, and I was able to say, not today. I didn't see that. That's not, that's not my God. I have confidence in the fact that he says, great shall be the peace of your children. Katie, you live in, in perpetual peace, honey. You're blessed because the woman sitting next to you is blessed. Because she's godly. Because she prays for you. Constantly. Katie's another one that doesn't let a lot. She's a lot like Kenny Akers. You know, you can rattle her. She, she just goes with the flow. But she's learning the precepts of God and how to be confident that if God said it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not, it's still settled. God's word. I was, I was sitting in the bathroom with Rita this morning while she was doing her hair, and, and I said, you know, the word of God says his word is forever settled in heaven. You get that concept. You get that confidence that it's already settled and then settled it here. It can be settled in heaven and not be settled here. When you, become, when you move from believing to knowing so there it is, all because of your relationship. You build your confidence in God every day by spending those. That time. Katie has confidence in me. You know, I know, you know how I know that? Because my phone rings. She, <laughs> she, she don't mind me telling her. She was trying to get the toilet paper holder off the wall. And she was struggling with it. So my phone rings, and she says, Daddy, how do I get this thing off of here? So I gave her the, the answer. And she said, there's a little set screw. All of you ever done this? A little set screw underneath there? little bitty tiny thing. takes a itty bitty screwdriver. And she says, I don't have anything that small. I said, baby, go get you a steak knife with a real sharp tip. 
yes, sir. So she goes in there, she, she, she's done that over and over and over again. Why does my phone keep ringing? She has confidence. The one in Florida does the exact same thing. She'll call me up. Hers is usually something to do with finances, okay? Katie's is more labor-intensive. <laughs> like hauling washers and dryers. <laughs> I could have walked up here and said, how do you establish a relationship, or excuse me, how do I build an unshakable confidence in God and I could have answered it and laid the mic down and went home. Relationship is the answer. The time you spend with God, the time you spend in the Word, this is how I'm going to leave you. The time you spend with God. I had this conversation with somebody this week, struggling. They were, they were just really, really struggling. <laughs> Pastor said this one time. He said, when people ask you, how's your prayer life? Guys, if you go to this man for counsel and you're struggling over something, please be prayed up. And 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 don't go to him without your Bible under your arm because he's going to ask you where it is. Where is your Bible? Are you prayed up? Your relationship with God are those two things. Your confidence in God is established there. T-I-M-E. We can take a moment of silence right now, and, and I'd ask you to search your heart. How much T-I-M-E did you spend with him this week? One, two, three, four. I'll give you a little secret. I know my time's got to be running out. I'm going to give you a little secret. The more time you spend with him, the more time you'll want to spend with him. And the more time you, you want to spend with him and that unshakable confidence develops stronger and stronger and stronger on the inside of you, you'll become unshakable and you didn't even know it. Then somebody can hit you with the two before and you'll be like, what was that? One of those fiery darts that the devil throws your way just goes, bing, and you're like, what was that? I'm serious. There's things that years ago would have bothered me that now I'm like, what? Seriously? You can get that way. This is a personal challenge from me to you. Everybody in here takes a shower, right? I hope so. Now, this is me personally, okay? So you, you just do as it would. My personal time is in the shower. Our water bill runs $10, $15, $20 higher than it should be. Amen, Rita? But I, I that, that <laughs> that's where he and I commune. That's where he and I Love on one another. That's where he tells me jokes and I'll fall out of there laughing. 
Like when I'm in my mind, I say, I lost 15 pounds last week. He goes laughing, so I laugh. <laughs> he wants you to be unshakable. Where nothing bothers you. We've started something at work, and I shared this with Pastor. High five. Some of you already know all about this. We do this at work, the, the people in my group. We drive down the aisles. Most of us are in materials, so we drive down the aisles or the ones that are working right alongside. And I'll pass by, and they'll glance over at me, and, and we hold up five fingers. What does God say about it? Or what does the Lord say? If you spend nine, ten hours a day at Volvo, somewhere along that line, your patience is going to be tested. So if somebody rides by you and holds up a high five, what does the word say? You have confidence in the fact that God's got this. That no, no matter what I'm facing right here at this moment, great is my peace. I'm not going to let the devil steal it. I'm going to leave here. You know what? I'm going to tell God is good. You, you step over to the person working next to you. God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Take that, devil. Confidence. My wife's picking on her watch. So. Confidence. It's all up to you, folks. It's all up to you. The time you spend in the shower, well, wherever. In the shower, in the tub, in your car, at work, driving down the road. What does the word say? Confidence is built in your relationship. That's where I'm going to leave you. Confidence is built in your relationship and the time you spend with God. Confidence is built in your relationship and the time you spend with God. Challenge yourself this week. Spend a little more time in the shower. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this people. I pray over them right now that you take them from doubting to believing, from believing to knowing, and from knowing to there it is. In Jesus' name. Give me that mic. So, confidence in God, who he is. Patrick's got a testimony real quick. So before I came up, Pastor uh, said, be quick. I don't know if I can, man. All that word is like. Um, something that stood out to me when Tim was ministering, um, this is a word that came to me. You can't release the will of God until you know the will of God. You can't release the will of God until you know the will of God. You remember the uh, scripture in Matthew 18 where Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You can't loose it if you don't know it. God wants us to know what his will is so that we can loose it into the earth. When Miss Libby gave her word um, about the deception... Man, it was just like the Lord just downloaded supernatural strategy to me about this issue, uh, the abortion issue, that we have to bind 
the deceitfulness of the enemy over the eyes, over the minds and hearts of the people of this nation. There's a binding that has to be done. And I'm not saying that our voting doesn't matter because it does, but this isn't a legislation issue. This is a heart and mind issue of the people. I want to read something to you real quick. This is Hebrews 10, 16 through 18. It says, this is a covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. We have to begin to loose the, the, the heart of God and the mind of God over this nation. So it, we, we pray like, Father, I bind deception over the people of this nation, and I loose your laws to be written on their hearts and on their minds in the name of Jesus. As we begin to pray like that, as we begin to bind and loose the will of God in the earth, he establishes it. Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Our prayers matter. What we loose and what we bind matters. And that's strategy from heaven. Our voting, our voting matters, but and our influence does matter, but how many know we can get caught up in venting on Facebook? We can get caught up on all this venting and never pray, never bind, never loose. And let's put our priorities where it matters. Your authority in the earth matters, and you have to walk in it. Now, back to what I was supposed to be up here for. <clears throat> Uh, he was talking about confidence. Um, so this week, man, I, I watched the, they came out with The Finger, the finger of God 2, um, a movie about just stepping out, praying for people, praying for the sick, uh, pressing for miracles, signs and wonders. So I watched this movie, and of course, I'm all excited now. I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go pray for somebody. So I got two stories. One, I was in the gym this week. I was working out. I had my earbuds in. And I took one out, and all of a sudden I heard a trainer, a personal trainer in the gym, calling this man's name out. And we'll just say it was Bill. And she, it's like she was trying to wake him up. Bill, 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 Bill. And I turned around and I looked, and this man was sitting on, a, on an exercise machine. And uh, it was a bench press machine. And his head was down like this. He was just sitting there, and he was down. And so I walked over to him, and his eyes were wide open. Like he was just, he was, it was like he was dead. His eyes were wide open. His head was down. She was trying to wake him up. And I just, I was listening to a message on healing and deliverance. When Jesus said, if, my, if, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. See, there, if you abide in me, means if you, if you continually put yourself in a position to be influenced by me, by Christ, that's listening to his word, it's reading his word, it's spending time in his presence, it's listening to audio uh, messages, preaching, ministering, and then my word abides in you. It, it's only letting the word of God come out of your mouth. So I was already, my faith was built up. This guy's motionless. 
He looks dead in the seat. She can't wake him up. And I just go and I kneel beside him and I just, I hold, I put my hand on his, in his, on his chest where his heart is just to make sure he doesn't fall out. And I just begin to pray under my breath. They go and they get a glucose packet, a sugar packet. Like the guys that run marathons, they'll squeeze a glucose packet in their mouth to give them some energy. They went and grabbed that and his head is down like this and they squeeze that into his mouth and it all just came right back out. He's still motionless. And I just say, come Holy Spirit. Nothing changes. Minutes go by, nothing. They run to go call 911. And like inside of me, this word, check his pulse. I grab his wrist. I say, Jesus. And the dude just, oh, wakes up. Like that. I grab his wrist, and it's almost simultaneously he wakes up. And he says, man, I was fishing on the river. <laughs> so I don't know if it was the glucose packet or if it was Jesus, but I'm going to decide to believe it was Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So the next story, uh, I'm a realtor, and I was showing up showing a piece of real estate, the agent who had this property listed was there, and he was showing it to me, and uh, he has severe arthritis, I mean, he even walked with, with somewhat of a limp, and um, after he showed me the real estate, I, uh, I said, man, how long have you been dealing with this arthritis, because he brought it up in conversation, he said, for 30 years, <clears throat> I said, man, I, I've really been praying and seeking God for... Um, for healing and signs and miracles and for the Lord to use me in that way. Do you mind if I pray with you? And he said, no, absolutely. And so I prayed with him and just took time, just invited the Holy Spirit to come and just to touch his body and just release the kingdom of God over him. And just the peace of God filled the room. And afterwards I said, test it out. See, see if anything's changed. And he began to, to do this. It was specifically his knees and his hips. He began to work. And then all of a sudden he was like, whoa. He was like, man, whoa. Like, this is an older man, and he just brought his knee up to his chest almost. He said, man, it used to be a big deal if I could just do this with no pain. and No pain. I, can, I have a lot more flexibility and range of motion. I said, well, man, we'll just keep on. Bless him what the Lord's doing. Believe for full recovery. Sometimes it takes more than just one prayer. But So he wasn't completely healed. All of his arthritis wasn't gone, but there was improvement initially from there. And he said something. He said, I cannot wait to go home and tell my wife about this. He said, and I'm so impressed, not because you prayed, but because you were willing to. And that really struck me. How many people, how many Christians, because... Churches are abundant in this area. How many Christians have just passed him up and never even offered to pray? I've done it, but I don't want to do it anymore. I want to, I want to take a chance. I want to, Bill Johnson says faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Are you willing to risk your reputation to pray with somebody? Are you confident, like Tim said, and I just want to encourage you. Let's press for this. And he mentioned something, sons. We don't minister because we're servants. We don't minister because there's a pastoral title behind our name or in front of our name. 
You know, if I never have the, have a, the title of pastor, if I never have the title of worship leader, because I got some pipes, I can sing, y'all. <clears throat> Watch out, Cody. <clears throat> Faith talking right there. If I never have a title given by men, it doesn't matter. Because I'm a son, I've already been given the highest title from heaven, sonship. When you're a son, the thing that should be burning in your heart is to reveal the Father. Jesus said, I have come to reveal the Father. That's the one thing that should be burning in our hearts is that the world would see him and know him. Sons, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Come on, Tim. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith the elders obtained a good report. Going to verse 3. I already said that. And then, by faith, that is in an inherent trust, enduring confidence in the power of wisdom, God, that the worlds, the universe, the ages were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped by the Word of God. The Word of God framed it. you got to start framing the Word of God. Look at this beautiful frame right here. Now, let's, let's look at the frame for a second. See this beautiful frame? And we got a frame, and it's nice. It's, you put pictures up. You like the ocean. You're dreaming of beach, Cody. You want to do all these things, but you frame these ideals. Well, here's, here's the fir- one of the first things you need to frame. Simple. God good, devil bad. Frame it in your heart. God is good, the devil bad. There's so much religious junk out there that God does this and God does that to you and God will kill you and God will teach you and God will beat you and God will whip you. No, God is good, devil bad. This devil comes to kill, still in Detroit. First John 4, 7, God is love. I'm 4, 8, excuse me, where it says God is love. 7 and 8 is the whole thing. That whole chapter 4 is about God loving. God is love. God's good. Man, that's what that's the foundation needs to be framed in your heart. And so say you're believing for something. So you're believing for Scripture. Then you frame a Scripture. And I just took a, a, a basic Scripture. This is Matthew 8, 17. Jesus bore our sicknesses and our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He paid the price. He took sickness so you could be well. Frame it in your heart. This is what I want. I don't have it. I still got that arthritis as he's talking about. Well, I need to start framing it and saying it and saying it till it comes to pass. As a church, this is what we frame. We frame this. Do you know trying to tell somebody how to draw what you see in your heart is so hard, but you know God gets it? They drew this three times. No, 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 no. Come on, guy. But he's drawing it to what I'm trying to say. But God sees my heart. But this is the vision. Nowhere in the Bible does it open it up, and it says he gave some apostles, prophets, pastor, teacher, but it doesn't say Pastor Brett will be a pastor in Withville, Virginia. It doesn't say that. But how, it doesn't say that we'll add on, add on to the church, but it does say in Isaiah that to expand your borders. It does say extend your tent post. It does say make room. 
That's what we stand on. And here's the thing. This is the vision, so we framed it. This is where we want to go. You need to be framing where you want to go with the Word of God. Do you, you, are you go, going after peace? We're going after joy. I, I need increase. But you, per, you pursue the kingdom of God, and God add all those things to you. But he'll have you stand on certain things to see them come to pass. Whatsoever you bind in heaven, be bound in the earth. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He'll say, declare that the kingdom come. But this is all gray area. You got to receive this by faith. You got to have the vision. We got so many kids, if we don't add on them, people start walking away. We got to take our kids somewhere else where they can be taught the word of God because y'all don't have room for them. You know, we're going to put helmets on the three-year-olds because they're banging into each other because there's no room for them. But we got to make room, and the more you make room, they, the, the, they come. We got to make disciples. That's our vision. If we're not making disciples, then people fall through the cracks. Then people don't learn. They don't learn what to know and what to believe. That's why I'm teaching faith in this manner is we've got to know. And so we've got to frame the vision, and you can frame the vision for your heart. Thank you. I stood out, and so I put some points real quick. And he'd had some too. Conceive the faith image. Conceive the image. We got an image right there. Conceive them and establish a point of contact. You ever walk over and turn the lights on? You've got to pull the string. You've got to flip the switch, right? That's a point of contact. Oh, I need to turn the lights on. If I'm going after, I'm going after the Word of God, but you've got to have a point of contact. He grabbing that man's hands, a point of contact. For his faith to be released, that man's out of it. But that's a point of contact. Where's your point of contact? My point of contact was 5 o'clock one time. I stood out, and I looked at all the cars going home. I want to go home, Lord. This is my point of contact. I want to go home at 5 o'clock. I want a job where I go home at 5 o'clock. It's a point of contact. I love you. I'm your child. I'm standing on who I am. Where's your point of contact? Declare what you believe with your mouth. I believe. I believe that I will get a new job. I want to go home at 5 o'clock with a new job. I want to go home. I want to spend time with my kids. What do you desire? God puts that desire. That's a godly desire to go home with your kids. It's a godly desire to spend time. It's a godly desire to go to church. It's a godly desire to study the Word. What you're desiring, declare it with your mouth and then start acting like it's mine. I've got a new job. I'm getting a new job. God's going to lead me to a new job. I've asked Him, and He's answering. What well, it is. So let me pray over you today. Bow your heads. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Faith has come to you today. Will you act on that faith and accept him as your Lord and Savior? Will you act on it and say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross. And I want this kingdom active in me. I want the kingdom of God. If that's you, raise your hand and say, I want the kingdom of God active in me. Let me pray and receive Jesus today. Is that you? Wave at me. Maybe you hadn't been serving God. I see that hand. Maybe you haven't been serving God and you want to you, you want more of God in your life. You, you want to come back and chase him and be a God chaser and, and just desire the greater things. Is that you? Just wave your hand. I see that hand. I see your hand. I, that's, that's me too. I want more of God every day. It's a pursuit that we all should have. I see your hand. So let's all pray together. Father, I believe that Jesus paid the price for all of us to know him. Today I receive a greater knowledge of Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I make you Lord. From this point on, my desire is only of you. 
to seek first the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Father, that you hear and answer today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.